What is up, everybody? This is Davy Dave. This is the Minnesota Leads America Follow podcast. Appreciate you tuning in today. We have lots of interesting stuff to get into today, man. But I've got to be honest with you and be upfront with you. I come to you with a heavy heart today, man. Uh, I've had a rough week. Recently got the news that I lost a homie of mine. Uh, rest in peace, Evil Slime. Rest in peace, Fly. Rest in peace, Joshua. You're gone, but you're never going to be forgotten, man. Uh, rest in heaven. Rest in power. All of that good stuff, man. But let's get into the show. And, you know, this is the Minnesota Leads America Follow podcast. So we've got, we usually start the show leading over the Minnesota topic. But today, I want to change things up a little bit. Um, we're going to start the show off saying, you know, talking about Brianna Taylor. Um, rest in peace, Brianna. Uh, we apologize. We sincerely feel you and your family. We wasn't able to bring that justice that you and your family deserve, but... We just want you to know we're still fighting here on behalf of you. Whatever we can do to correct what the justice system couldn't correct, we will continue to do that. Shout out to my family members and friends that live in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm proud of everything you guys are doing over there, man. I'm proud of how much you've held Daniel Cameron accountable. If you don't know, Daniel Cameron is the district attorney in Louisville, Kentucky. And he was the one pretty much who, you know, refused to bring Brianna Killers, Brianna Taylor Killers to justice. So we'll continue to hold him accountable and make his, make his name ring out there so other people can know who he is and the type of culinary behavior he's engaging in in Louisville. But rest in peace, Brianna. Shout out to your family. Um, we hope you guys can uh, continue to carry her name on and seek the justice that she's never got in other ways more than just the justice system can provide. So shout out to Brianna. Shout out to your family. Rest in power, Queen. We miss you. We love you. And we're continuing to say your name out here. With that out the way, you know, it's kind of tough. How do we get into a show and get talking about some things with all of that being said? But we must do that. That's why we gather here today. That's why we watch the videos. That's why we listen to the podcast. So let's get into this week's topic, man. This is the Minnesota Leads America Follow podcast. So let's get into some Minnesota topic. Uh, shout out to our boy Cat, man. Car Anthony Towns uh, recently spotted out with Jordan Woods. Uh Looks like they were on a vacation enjoying her droiding year. Looks like she turned 23 and she was celebrating this day with Carl Anthony Towns. If you don't know, Carl Anthony Towns played basketball for the Minnesota Timberwolves and he's the star player. I'm here to say, man, I'm excited. This is this is wonderful news for the Wolves. Let me tell you how this is wonderful news for the Wolves. I've pretty much got the Wolves getting the number one seed next year in the West. Yes, you heard me right. Listen. This is the Jordan Wood curse. Well, it's not a curse to say. You know, the Kardashians have their curse to where, you know, any basketball player that starts dating the Kardashian, automatically the team starts doing bad. The player starts doing bad. He has that curse. You know what I'm talking about, man. Chris Humphrey. Tristan Thompson. You know, the list goes on. I don't want to stay here and dwell into the Kardashians' ex-athletes that they've dated. But Lamar Odom. 
I could go on forever if you get what I'm saying. But this is a Jordan Wood curse. It works the other way. She's a Jordan and she has Tiger Woods in her name. Like Tiger Woods, Jordan, we can't lose. And now she's dating Carl Anthony Town. That's great news for the Timberwolves, man. The Timberwolves, number one seed next year. We've got the Jordan and the Tiger Woods combination putting one. Our boy Carl Anthony Town went and snatched up a baddie. Look, man. Shout out to Jordan Woods because... Not only does her name just represents like success trophies, winning, and all of that, the Kardashians hate her. And I mean hate her. You know, somewhere Chris Jenner is sitting somewhere like, <clears throat> how dare she obtain so much success even after backstabbing my daughter or whatever it is. They might look at that ass. But she's she's dating our boy. She's dating Cat. Cat went out, snatched him a baddie, you know. Put, put put her on the team. And now, hopefully, next year in Minnesota, we can have her at some of these home games, you know, cherry on the wolves. That brings me to the next point, speaking of Carl Anthony Town. We recently got some rumors about him potentially Ben might be thinking about leaving Minnesota. Um, let me give you the backstory if you haven't heard yet. An agent was speaking to a prominent NBA player. It's just, this is a player he thinks is um, he's, he's a superstar level player. And that player told the agent, Cat is as good as gone from Minnesota. Which is worrisome. And, you know, it comes with the news with the Jordan Wood rumors too. You know, Carr Anton Town is one of those players who, you know, teams can kind of start to come after. You know, he's on his second max deal. He's on his, well, his first max deal, but he's on his second contract. And teams can kind of look at him and say, well, he hasn't done much winning in Minnesota. Maybe we can go make an offer to them and kind of snatch him up out of there. Uh, you know, if you listen to the very first episode of the Minnesota Lead America Follow podcast, I did say, you know, I did kind of speak on Carr Anthony Towns and the fact that, you know, his, his, his former agent, who is president of the New York Knicks right now, could potentially be looking at Cat as... Yo, won't you come to New York, man? We have all this superstar level endorsement that you could possibly receive. We can build a team around you. You will be in the spotlight. And when you're dating a girl like Jordan Woods, who comes with the fame, the TMZ coverage, the uh, paparazzi following and everything. Is she going to want to do this in Minnesota? We don't have TMZ in Minnesota. I don't know if you guys have realized recently. I've never been downtown seeing a TMZ crew running after someone. You know, that just don't happen here. And for these females who, you know, most of their fame is based off of like, most of their riches is based off of their fame is what I meant to say. They can't, you know, can't obtain that, you know, constantly been in the uh, tabloids, constantly been on blog sites from Minnesota. So... Does Carl Anthony Town, if this relationship gets that serious, does he look to, you know, potentially move out of Minnesota, force his way somewhere? So keep that in mind. You know, I'm happy for the Wolves. I think if he does stay in Minnesota, the Wolves automatically one seed next year, man. We got the Jordan Wood. We got Tiger in here. We got Jordan in here all mixed up in one. Our boy Carl Anthony Town is bagging a banging a baddie, you know, and bringing her back home to the city. Shout out to Minneapolis, man. Jordan Woods, welcome. We embrace you out here, man. We look forward to seeing you more. And do not take our boy Cat out of Minnesota, okay? No matter what you do, we'll work on some TMZ coverage here. That's why we're starting media outlets like Minnesota Leads America Follows. So Minnesotans can feel like, you know what? We're not being shy out of this media thing where we have a media presence also. So we'll work on that. We're doing better. Hopefully, we 
can have you here longer. So as we prep this thing up and get this thing rolling. So Jordan Woods, shout out to you. Cat, shout out to you. I see what you're doing out there. Let's get into another Minnesota topic, man. We have the Twins playoff run, you know. Our Minnesota Twins are currently in the playoff hunt. They are currently, well, I think, the number two seed right now. Uh, as I record this on a Saturday, they are playing a game where if the White Sox possibly lose their game and the Timberwolves wins their game, the Timberwolves can clinch the AL Central, and that locks up a playoff berth. I just, listen, man, not a huge fan of baseball, but. If the Twins make the playoff, it's also it's that's I start following the Twins when they make the playoff. When the playoff starts, man, you know the last few years we've played the Yankees. Look, MLB, get some message from me, man. The next time Minnesota makes the playoff, I've been in Minnesota for damn near fourteen years. Every year the Twins make the playoff. Guess who they play? The Yankees. And guess what happens every year? They get blown out. So MLB, you want to make you want to make baseball exciting in Minnesota? Please make sure we don't face the Yankees as we look right now. We're the we're currently the two C, so we're out of the Yankees' way right now. But I'm just sick and tired of this team always facing the Yankees, man. And the Yankees are one of those teams to where they never have like just a regular. Like the Yankees spend money and like they they get huge players with absurd contracts, big name players. And you know when you're facing them, they might be a fourth C or a fifth C, but they have star power and uh, and the caliber of players that that kick you out of the series really easily. And unfortunately for the Twins, almost like the last two or three playoff series has been against the New York Yankees, and it never goes good in the Twins' favor. So. Shout out to the Twins. I'm rooting you guys on, man. Baseball in Minnesota in October is always exciting. And I want to see the Twins go for, go far this year in the playoff. I just hope we don't meet the Yankees. I'm getting tired of facing the Yankees. So, shout out to that. Uh, just Twins. Go go Twins. Anybody but the Yankees. Let's keep it on sports here. Uh, one more Minnesota topic before we wrap up to what's going on in the rest of America. Uh, the Vikings. Let's talk about the Vikings. You know, obviously we're off to an 0-2 start. By the time you get this podcast, you will already know if it's 0-3 or it's 1-2. So, uh, we're facing the Tennessee Titans this week. Derrick Henry is coming into town. The team is severely injured, man. We have our two cornerbacks are out, Mac, Mike. Huge is out, and also Cameron Danslow is out. So we're looking for a lot of playing time for Jeff Gladney and uh, some of the other backup, Holton Hills, the other backup uh, cornerbacks that we have. But pretty much, man, it's, this team is injured severely right now. And I can't help but notice a lot of what Minnesotans are talking about. It's, it's the tank for Trevor, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Quarterback of Clemson uh, University. Man, I don't know what to say about him. If you haven't heard about him, if you're a sports fan, I'm sure you've heard about him. But he's a five-star quarterback playing in Clemson. Uh, playing in Clemson. Uh, excuse me. Um, straight out of high school. Came in, won a national championship as a freshman. Uh, he lost his sophomore year. This is his junior year. So, uh, a lot of teams are potentially tanking for him. A lot of cities or, you know, a lot of teams that are 0-2, their fan base are looking like, yo, if we're not going to make the playoff, we might as well start tanking for Trevor. You know, I don't want the Vikings to fall into that. Look, it's an 0-2 start. It's not pretty. But one win can turn things around. And when we start rooting, we, we have a quarterback that we're paying almost 84-some million to. He just signed an extension, so it's even more than that now. We can't be in a position to 
to, to, to be tanking, man. If we tank, if we're, if we're even in the Trevor Lawrence conversation this year, that means the season has gone horribly wrong. A 0-2 start is not a horribly wrong start yet. We just played two bad games in a row. Now the the, the coaching staff and the players got to correct that. But I don't want to. I don't want to hear the the tank for Trevor talk yet. It's too early for that, man. At least after the first four weeks, if the team is 0-4 going into week five and it doesn't look any prettier than it has the first four weeks, then we can start talking about some of that tank for Trevor stuff. But as of now, man, the the the, the team just needs to play better Kirk Cousins got to do a lot better uh the wide receivers got to do a lot better the defense got to play a lot better man we're going into the third week of this defense and I haven't seen anything from the D-line yet I haven't seen linebackers make play yet none of the corners are stepping up we have two all pro safeties back there I'd like to see a little bit more something from them so uh we're not quite in that tank for Trevor talk yet I don't want to hear that yet but as of now this team's got to play better. That's just point blank simply. This team got to play better. The offense got to play better. The quarterback, the receivers, the offense, the defense, special team, coaching staffs got to do better. So we're going to this week, depending on how this week goes, depending on the, how, depending on just like how the team looks this week. We can revisit that Tank for Trevor talk. If they come out and play, you know, lackluster, uh, not no energy, just look bummy on defense again, the offense can't do much, we, we can revisit that Tank for Trevor talk. But as of now, come on, guys. This is a team that's paying almost $30 million for a quarterback. We cannot be in that Tank for Trevor discussion. And if we are, maybe we need to start looking at it higher picture that's not just a tank for trevor talk okay cousin we'll start looking at you depending on how this week go man no pressure but you guys got to get this done this is a home game even though there's going to be no fans but the expectation is you guys need this win this week else there's going to be a lot of changes coming down potentially and we're also looking at you mike zimmer if we can't get the job done this year we will start looking at you as like an incompetent coach who can't do much without a great team and we don't want that i love zimmer i've always defended zimmer and the, the coaching that he is and what he brings to a defense i would hate to start doing that but listen we've got to be open to challenging authorities when we're not getting our expectation met so look forward to that that's that's most of what i have for minnesota news today we're getting to what's going on in the rest of the country but we're still sticking to sports a little bit here first because i do want to talk about this a little bit you know obviously we have the nba playoff going on very exciting my miami heat are up 3-2 against the boston celtics uh la is up 3-1 the fifth game is tonight We'll see if they can put them away in five games or will this go with Denver Nuggets come back and show what they have shown all season long or all playoff long that they can come back from a 3-1 deficit and win the series. We'll see about that. But as of now, Lakers 3-1, Miami Heat up 3-2 against Boston Celtics. That, that. Miami Heat versus, I don't even want to say versus the Lakers, Miami Heat versus LeBron James potential NBA Finals is the most exciting thing that can happen to me, man. Because as a Heat fan, the opportunity to stick it to LeBron James is what every Heat fan wants. And, you know, I spoke on this the very first episode. So take it back. I've seen a lot of media outlets kind of picking up on what I already reported two weeks ago. The potential of having the Miami Heat versus LeBron James. I didn't see a lot of outlet looking at that, you know, 
that storyline that way until you know I said not saying that they pick it up from me but I'm saying I was well ahead of the topic at the time so um we spoke about it two weeks ago Miami Heat versus LeBron just in the NBA finals what what that means for Pat Riley what that means for Heat fans what that means for you know for LeBron James a chance to go up against your former team who you know you kind of left out there but we've kind of hung around and made it to the uh potentially made it to the NBA Finals. Let me start let me start speaking as if my Heat are guaranteed to be in the NBA Finals, but we're excited, man. We're we're one game away from the NBA Finals with a chance to meet LeBron James in the NBA Finals after he spurred our Miami Heat and left us hanging dry after our NBA Finals appearance and spawned us for another team. You know, we have a chance to kind of stick it to him as, listen, man, we know you're trying to win your third championship with three different organizations, but we're still the Miami Heat. And if you're going to get that title, if you're going to get that cred as leading three different franchises to a championship, you're going to have to earn it because we're bringing some goons. If you know about the Miami goons, you know we're a hard playing team and we're going to make you earn everything. So, for LeBron James, this is going to be another opportunity for him to, you know, get closer to Michael Jordan. But for the Miami Heat, this is going to be a chance to stick it to that ex who left you. You know, we know how that goes, man. You know, whenever <laughs> we're not going to get into that, I'm going to move on. Okay, next topic. Uh, Where do we have you? So we'll start talking about some other news going on around the country as far as... uh away from sports we're, we're done with sports as as the saying goes stick to sports we're leaving sports right now so we're getting to i'm guessing what a lot of you guys want to see me talk about today tory daystar peterson lanes talk about not having any sense of timing how do you drop an album the day brianna Taylor murderers were pretty much acquitted because I mean they weren't charged with anything they were charged with one time endangerment but that's nothing the day they were charged with that petty ass charge of one time endangerment you dropped an album pretty much you know to what looks like to my black queens slandering a black queen and I and I I don't agree with them necessarily slandering a black queen but just the fact that you're disputing what she said on the day that we should all be focused on what happened in the Brianna Taylor case, we're now focused on the fact that, you know, Tory Lynch dropped an album and that's what everybody was, you know, you announced it. He announced the same day that Brianna Taylor murderers, and I stick by that when I say murderers were acquitted or not properly charged, he announced that he would be going live. And everyone expected him to be on live talking about the case, but instead he dropped an album. Now, you know, this is this is tricky for me because how do I honestly give my perspective without sounding like I'm defending Tory Lanez? I'm not here to defend Tory Lanez at all whatsoever, but I do want to give my perspective on this topic. The fact that people wanted him to instead go live and talk about the case instead of dropping an album. Listen, guys, we can't have it both, way, both ways. We can't ask our artists to talk about their personal life on the music, in the music. But when they do, we choose and pick when we want that to be in the music. No, I had no problems with Tory Lanez dropping an album explaining the Mag the Stallion situation in the shooting or, or the, the perceived shooting as Tory Lanez will indicate. As an artist, 
Talk about that in your music. I want, I'm tired of these artists. Listen, before we have blogs and before we have all these news outlets and ways for artists to translate their messages across, as an artist, you had to spell your personal life on the record. That's the only way people knew what was going on with you. Nowadays, we want artists to go live. We want artists to do comments, uh, tweet this. Listen, I have no problem with an artist saying, this is what I've experienced the last few months or the last few years. And instead of going live and talking about it on IG Live or Facebook Live and giving these platforms, because that's exactly what you do. When you go live on Facebook and IG, you give these platforms a chance to make millions off of you. If Tory Lanez would have went live yesterday, or I think it would have been on Thursday technically. If he would have went live on Thursday and talked about this Mag Thee Stallion shooting, he would have had a plus of a million, if not two million people tune in. And guess who would have benefited off of that live? IG. None of that proceed. None of that would have went to Tory Lanez or none of that would have went to his team. So, and I know we don't want artists making money off of what happened, but look, that's his personal life. He's entitled to earn a living for his family. He's an artist. He's not like a carpenter who's putting out music around a topic that happened around him. No, he's an artist. He's allowed. He should be allowed to spill it all in the music. Doesn't isn't that what we want? You know what I mean? Nah, I do agree. It is terrible timing. It's the wrong time to do that. Be aware. Be, be aware of what's going on. Like have at least like a sense of awareness of the time we're in, the situation we're in, the news we just received. Be aware of that and say, okay, maybe I should hold this back a little bit. But, you know, other than that, I don't have a problem with Tory Lanez getting on an album and really telling us what happened or at least explaining his side of the story. Now, let's get into some of what he said on the album. You know, first thing first, you know, he said he didn't shoot Mag. And I think a lot of people needed to hear that as far as like, could we even defend you? Could we even listen to your music? What, what is this to talk about? If you shot Mac, automatically, you're a scumbag. You're the lowest of the lowest. You're shooting at a woman, perceivably, while she's turned around. Nobody wants to hear what the possibly explanation for that. But Tory Lanez came out and denied it. Said 100% equivocally, I did not shoot you. I did not shoot Mac. Now, the question I have for him is, yo, Tory, we are not just accepting you saying you did not shoot Mac. If you didn't shoot Mac, who did? It's one thing to come out and say, I didn't shoot Mac. It's a whole nother thing if you would have said, who shot her? Now, if you follow the case closely as I do, you will know there was four people in the car. It was Tory, it was Mag the Stallion, it was Mag Best Friend, and Tory Security. Who shot Mac if it wasn't you? So automatically, we've got to eliminate Mac. Now, I'm sure she did not shoot herself in the head. Not going there. So that eliminates her as a candidate. Her best friend, it gets tricky. Stay tuned. I'm going to do a video elaborating what I think happened in this case. And I know, hey, Dave, you don't have any credentials. You're not a part of this case. What makes you have the right to think you know what happened? It's my conspiracy. I believe... Based off of what Tory has said and based off of what Mag has said, I've put together a conspiracy theory that I think happened during this case. And I will elaborate on that on a different video. But for now, we're just going to talk about the facts of the case and what both artists have said pertaining this case. So, Tory, if you didn't shoot Mag, who did? Who did? It's not just okay for you to come out and say that I didn't shoot Mag. You 
as a witness in the car have got to give first a proper explanation for who did if it wasn't you it was you her best friend and your security in the car if those are the four and magda stallion but i'm assuming she didn't shoot herself so come on tori You've got to be a little bit more open than that. The public is looking at you as somebody who potentially shot a woman with no just reason. So until you can give us who shot Matt, if it wasn't you, we're still looking at you, Tori. You still got a lot of explaining to do. Okay, so, but about the album. So now that we've gotten that out the way, let's just say I was impressed by this. Uh, it's rough because how do we talk about this topic and not seem like we're defending Tory? How do I talk about this topic and not seem like I'm defending Tory? For the record, once again, I am inquisitively saying I am not defending Tory. This is no defense of Tory. I do defend his right to earn a living as an artist, to continue being an artist, but personally to defend him as in like what he did was right or what he did was properly, you know, equal. No. None of that. Tori, you're wrong. If you shot Magda Stallion, you're wrong. As far as the project, just judging how I received the project, this was fire. This was fire. As far as an artist really talking about his personal life, if you know me, I'm the kind of person who says like, yes, put it on the record. If you're an artist, I want to hear it on the record. I don't want to see a tweet from you. I don't want to see an IG live from you. Put it in the music. Make the music feel personal. I love when artists give me personal music. Like Phil, Big Sean just did it in his recent Detroit 2 album. He talked a lot about his personal life, what he's going through, uh, the miscarriage, unfortunately, he and his lady had. Those are stuff I like to see in the music because I feel like you're not just giving me a cover-up version of you. You're actually letting me see behind the gates, like, who's the artist back there? So in this case, when Tory Lane puts it in the music and I see people on Twitter offended that he's capitalizing off of this, well, calm down, guys. You want him to go on IG Live so IG can make a million dollars from a million people coming on, sell that to advertisements, sell you all these advertisements that comes on your IG page, and instead of Tory making a living or earning something off of his personal life, and this is his personal life. He's not capitalizing off of Brianna Taylor. He's not capitalizing off of George Floyd. He's capitalizing off of what happened to him personally. Now, whether he was wrong or that, we as the public all like, you know, we are the we as the public will eventually judge him and like, you know, hold him to that. But as an artist, make a living off of your personal life. I have no problem with that. Let's talk about what he said on the record as far as uh he took a few shots at a few people. Kalani is one of them. Asian Doll is one of them. Gerald Smith caught a light jab in there also. You know, he talked about how some of these artists, even before talking to him, having his personal contact, didn't feel the need to reach out to him when they were, you know, kind of making a decision as far as if they were going to cast him out or not. You know, he talked a lot about Kalani and their relationship, how they had a personal relationship even before this situation. They had each other contact. He talked about how he helped her baby. Which, I mean, I understand why he's saying that. He's trying to explain how personal the relationship was. But look, man, this got nothing to do with that, man. So what, you help my baby. If you shoot somebody later on, I can kind of hold that judge. Now, I'm not saying, like, Tori said he didn't shoot her, so we kind of have to hold, if we're judging it off of what he said, we kind of have to hold into the fact that he did say he didn't shoot her. But if you shoot somebody later, man, I don't care what the situation is with my baby or if he held my baby. I'm allowed to, like, you know, pull that back from you or so. So, But he was kind of offended that people like Kalani, Asian Doll, 
Even we had Rick Ross who recently to a jab at him on IG as far as not liking the fact that he dropped an album in the midst of the Brianna Taylor news. You know, he took another jab at him to say, hey, man, you're always promoting your brands off of what happened in current event stuff. So you two are capitalizing off of what happened, but yet you're kind of judging me and critiquing me off of me doing the same thing. So we, we he had that to say about uh, Rick Ross. So but, you know. Caught a jab at J.R. Smith too. The J.R. Smith one was funny because literally after the album dropped, like a day later, J.R. Smith was coming off the bench with his shirt off, even though he didn't play a single minute, didn't do anything. And that just kind of brought back that bar that he threw at J.R. Smith. He's like, I don't expect you to be talking, man. You're a bench rider. Something of that sort, you know, something about shots that he took, you know, but. That's not that's not what this is about. That's let's let's stick to uh let's stick to Tory Lanez and Mag the Stallion. So if we looked at the if we looked at the album strictly off of what it is, I I thought the album was fire as far as him adjust, him addressing his personal life and also denying shooting Mag the Stallion. Check out my conspiracy video to see what I believe happened based off of what he has said. What she has said and the facts that have came out. I will do that sometime today after this podcast comes out. So keep a lookout for that. My Tory Lane conspiracy video. That should be exciting. And I can't wait to do that one. So let's get into another topic here. Uh, this one really, really, really upset me when I heard it, man. You know, West Fargo CEO saying pretty much niggas do not qualify. I'm just going to say it like that. Actually... That should be the title of this episode, Niggas Not Qualified, because that's pretty much what West Fargo CEO came out and said. Uh, let me see, where do we have it at? Because I don't want to get this wrong. I want to quote him word for word. West Fargo CEO said, while it might sound like an excuse, the unfortunate reality is that there is very limited pool of black talents to recruit from. How dumb can you be, man? How do you earn a CEO title at a bank, one of the top five biggest bank in the world, and you make such a statement? Like, there's there's limited pool of black talents? How about you start looking at my resume and stop qualifying me under the nigga section? Because the problem is, I don't think the problem is there's not a qualified pool of black talents to pull from. You just don't know how to pull black talent. West Fargo just don't know how to pull black talent. And this is not the first time West Fargo has been in the news for something uh, something egregious as this. Remember a few years ago, they were also on an investigation for opening false banks, false accounts in people's name. And they had to settle a lawsuit. Uh, where I think it was a $3 billion lawsuit to all of, I think, all of West Fargo customers, all the customers that were affected by this. I don't remember exactly what it was. I remember I got some of that settlement. So when you come out and say something egregious as um, the truth is there's a limited pool of black talent. Yo, start looking at my resume, man. How many times would I have to apply to a place like West Fargo for a job that I know I'm overqualified for before you can start looking at some of us resume? You come out here saying the pool of black people are limited to choose from. Why don't you open your eyes, man? Maybe you just don't have the talent to recruit black people. Have you ever thought about it that way? Instead of the pool being limited, you just don't know how to select from that pool because you see that pool a certain color. 
and you bounce you know you start looking at my resume even though i'm qualified for it you start looking at the race place as soon as i select that i'm black or african descent automatically you throw my resume in a different pool niggas not qualified shout out to u.s bank shout out to bank of america shout out to chase bank shout out to any bank not named west fargo and I'm honestly serious about this. I'm going to stop banking with West Fargo. And I'm not just saying that to be cliche as in like, uh, when that when, when I heard that, I'm like, you banking with people that don't even think you're qualified to work there. How does that make sense? If I'm not qualified to work at your institution, you're not qualified to hold my money. So West Fargo CEO, I might be a little, I might be a, a tiny drop in your bucket as far as the customers you have, but that's one less customer you have now. Niggas not qualified. <sighs> Speaking of niggas, and a nigga that love to be your nigga, Kanye. Kanye got back in the news today, this week again. Kanye stay in the news. And I think Kanye is brilliant. I I, I love Kanye music, especially early on. And uh, I think as a marketing guy and as a creative, he's brilliant. As a person, I still like to see more. But Kanye got on Twitter and says he's giving back. 50% share of the artists that are on good music here giving back their 50% share that he holds in their music. So if you don't know, Kanye uh, started good music a few, I want to say like five, six years ago. Um, he signed a bunch of talented artists, Big Sean. I'm talking Tiana Taylor. Uh, Two Chains worked with them for a minute. I'm not sure if Two Chain was ever signed to Good Music, but I know he worked with them for a minute. Uh, Side the Prince. Um, who else? Uh, a lot of talented people. I don't even have the time to sit here and name each one of them individually. I know he had designer also for a while there, but he signed a bunch of talented people. And recently, Kanye came out. He was speaking up against Universal slash Def Jam, who owns the rights to his music, uh, well, some of his music, at least after the Yeezus, after uh, after Yeezus. Kanye owns his muse, his his masters after Yeezus, but before Yeezus, when some of his best work were done, I'm talking Dark Twisted Fantasies, I'm talking Graduation, I'm talking Late Dropout, I'm talking 8, 808 Heartbreaks. Some of the best Kanye West music, unfortunately, belongs to Universal slash Def Jam. They own the rights to those music and his catalog before the Yeezus album. So Kanye went on this Twitter rant about how he wants to own his music. It's unfair that these people sign into these slave deals and he wants the right to own his music. He has the money to buy it back now, but they won't sell it back to him. And you know, a lot of people, you know, with uh, over the week or so are kind of looking at him like, if you're preaching this message of ownership and how it's unfair that these labels have your masters how do you explain the fact that you know some of these other artists are saying you own their masters how can you be you know like fighting against a system that you're a part of and you know i saw kanye tweet at something about you know uh all of these artists deserve the right to own their masters and nobody talked about it but i picked this up last week and big sean was in the comments saying let's start with me yo kanye you own my masters. You talking about getting your master back and how it's unfair. This is a slave trade. This is all of this. But yet, bro, you own my master. You're not talking about giving me back my masters. So, you know, I think Kanye came under pressure last week from a lot of people, a lot of artists saying, yo, man, this guy's talking about, oh, it's about the music industry. He's trying to liberate music. He's trying to free all these slave deals. But yet, Big Shine's in a slave deal. 
Tiana Taylor is in a slave deal. Side the Prince is in a slave deal. Yo, you can't be fighting this fight and not being honest with us and like telling us, you know, I'm fighting against our corporation that I'm a part of. So, you know, I think the pressure from everybody holding Kanye accountable and responsible for what he says, you know, I think he kind of came out and said, hey, man, I'm giving back everybody 50% share that I own because the way the deal works is Universal own 50% share in those artists like Big Sean, Tiana Taylor Music, and Kanye owns the other 50%. So Kanye came out and said he's giving back that 50%. Now, we've got to you know, hold Kanye accountable and make sure these artists get that 50% back. So, you know, I'd like to see two, three months from now, was Big Sean able to get that 50% back? Did Tiana Taylor get that 50% back? Designer, is he getting that 50% back too? So Kanye, we're looking at you, man. We're holding you accountable. Hopefully those artists get those uh, get those ownership in their music back. And hopefully you get ownership in your music back too. I like to see you happy and putting out good music because once again, no one, no one, I mean no one from this generation, you know, competes with Kanye, especially when it comes to like his his first few catalogs, like the the, the graduation, the 808 heartbreaks, the dark twisted fantasies, the uh, the late dropout. You know, those are some of Kanye's best work, and I think that's why he's trying to own those masters because he know no one will be able to duplicate those work. Even him couldn't duplicate those work. So, shout out to Kanye, man. I hope you're able to get that back. You know, let's we're, we're wrapping up here soon, but I do want us to just address this for a second here before we before we get out of here. You know, today icebreaker. I want to ask a question. Can you ask? A person, as a music connoisseur, as as someone who enjoyed music, can you separate an artist from their music? Like when I say an artist, their personal life, what they deal with, what they go through, what they were before the fame. Can you separate that from their music and still enjoy their music? I bring this topic up because I hear a lot of people wanting to cancel Tory Lanez. And I hear a lot of people saying, you know, he shouldn't be allowed to make money off of this, what happened in this situation. But I want to say as, as an audience, can you, and, and this is no way saying, you know, I'm not, I'm asking you. Can you can you separate an artist from their music? Obviously, we have some outrageous cases like the R. Kelly case. Uh, we know about the Michael Jackson case, even though there are people that denies all of that allegation and say it was something to do with the music. And he only several several huge people in the music industry catalog and been in that 50 50 50 joint partnership with Sonny, which led to him owning a lot of people music and even owning the Beatles catalog. So a lot of people said those charges were brought onto Michael Jackson as a way to kind of damage his name and hopefully be able to uh, get the get 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 that catalog back. So but that's a different take. We'll talk about that some sometime along the line, Michael Jackson and, and who music he owns and what he owns. But can you as an artist separate that? Can you separate Kanye West music from Kanye West? Can you separate Cardi B music from Cardi B and I bring Cardi B up in this situation among people that have you know we, Cardi B kind of came out a few years ago and said before she became the music star that she is today shout out to you Cardi okay but Cardi said before she became the music star that she is today she used to you know put I don't, I don't want to put words in her mouth so this is my quote she had to put date rape drugs in men drinks when she was a stripper if a male potentially said that we understand the ramification of that right even though rick ross said something of that sort we understand what that would mean right so when people were trying to like cancel or quote unquote cancel cardi b uh, I, 
I was the one on Twitter defending her, saying, "Yo, you we, that was before she became a musician. She was doing stuff to survive in the world that she was in. I have no problem with that. As a woman, I have no problem with that. You've got to do what you've got to do to survive. And in the world that she was in, in the strip club world, no judgment on the strip club. Been there, love the place, but you know, are some of the best men that you can be around." They're not in a strip club. I love the strip club, and I hate to, you know, say that, but, you know, it's a dangerous place. So, if she felt like she had to do that, I have no problem with that. But, can we separate what her music is now from what her life is and what her life was? We've got to be able to do that. We have artists like Gucci Man, who, if you know Gucci Man, you know his personal story. He's... He's personally killed a man, the baby. He's personally killed somebody, you know, whether it was in self-defense or not. Can we ask an audience learn to separate who the artist is from their music? Because I've been able to, you know, this is I've been able to say, yo, you might be a scumbag. You might be the lowest of the lowest. But when Chocolate Factory dropped at the family graduation or at the family meeting or at the family reunion and everybody is on stage two stepping, you mean to tell me I'm going to ask the DJ to turn that off? Oh, come on. I can't do it. Listen, and here is my thing I say. Just because you're a scumbag, I'm not going to like hinder my happiness. If that two-step on Chocolate Factory makes me want to two-step on the barbecue floor, on the dance floor at the barbecue, I'm a motherfucking two-step. I don't care if you was... I don't care what you was. If that music makes me feel good, why do we have to hinder our our feeling? Because the person who made the music is a scumbag. Listen, I can separate you from the music. I'm just wondering, is there anyone else can do that? Because I see this cancel culture that has kind of developed over the years. And I'm absolutely for it for some of these worst, some of some some of these scumbags, period. But I still want to enjoy the music. That's just me personally. Chris Brown, I think he's a scumbag too. I think he's mature from that situation. But when Renny get on the dance floor, you mean to tell me I'm not supposed to run it? When these hoes ain't loyal, you mean I'm not supposed to scream out these hoes ain't loyal? These hoes ain't loyal, you know? We can learn to separate the music from the artist. And I kind of want to challenge us to do that, you know? Instead of saying, we cancel you, you're no longer irrelevant, we hate you, we, we're, we're, you're not allowed to make a living. Now, if you do some crime, you should absolutely do your time. Yeah, I believe that. I don't care if you are dope. If you do the crime, you should do the time. But we, as an audience and as consumers, I want to see us and I want I want us to hopefully get to the place to where we... I'm not hindering my happiness because you're a scumbag. You're going to be a scumbag. I'm going to think you're a scumbag. When that chocolate factory drop, when Run It drop, when Gucci Man Lemonade drop, when Cardi B Bodak Yellow drop, when Kanye West Graduation drop, I'm going to still motherfucking two-step because I can separate you as an artist from you as a person and you as a person is a scumbag you're gonna begin you're gonna remain a scumbag but if you as an artist is a dope artist I'm gonna vibe to that music that you've already made because if it makes me feel good I'm not hindering that happiness just because you're a scumbag you're gonna remain a scumbag I'm gonna stay away from you but that chocolate factory drop I'm motherfucking two-stepping it is what it is more about that topic later on but new music whoo well, obviously, we know we got new music from Tory Lanez. We've got new music from Lil Wayne. 
uh, he remastered a Carter Five. He put, you know, when a Carter Five came out, it was a huge delay, and it. it came out like a year or two later than we expected. So I think he had to go in and kind of change the album to make it relevant to the time we were in. But you know, as a lot of artists are doing now, they are going back with some of their old works that are not on streaming platforms. You know. They're putting on streaming platforms and earning earning some money off of it because they didn't earn that much money from it when you know think when we were bootlegging things out here when we were mind spacing things out here when we were live wire you know downloading stuff out here so now these artists are learning hey man i could put that mixtape up there and i could still earn a living so he put the card to five weeks was an album but he remastered it and put some of the original songs he had recorded on it before he had to go back in and kind of mix it up for to please the newer audience and you know satisfy the time we were in but i'm glad we're getting the original carter five as we should have gotten it i'm excited to listen to it haven't listened to it yet but i'm gonna pick that up and check it out uh new music minnesota new music shout out to daddy denario uh recently just put out a new project called tales from the crib which is exciting to see because he's somebody who have always admire as far as like his music and the grind that he has he recently had a kid uh and this happened to all of us when you have that kid that fresh year with that kid you know you kind of go back to the drawing board you have to reevaluate things you're not just a single man no more you're now a father he went back he remastered his work you know uh as you can hear the project is called tales from the crib so it's it's it kind of feels like you know a man going through that phase of becoming a dad and still finding his place as an upcoming bubbling MC. So um, it's a dope project, man. You guys should check it out if you can. Tales from the Crib, Daddy De Niro. Shout out to you, Daddy De Niro. Uh, congratulations on your kid. Uh, shout out to your girl and everything you guys are doing. I like to see more of, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I like to see more of your personal story told in the music because that makes the music really relevant to me. I want to hear you talk about that personal experience and what you went through the first year as, you know, a new dad and everything that changed and all the exciting things. So I'm glad he went there with the tape. It's a dope tape. He and his girl are working on a lot of uh, exciting things. It looks like I'm happy for you. Keep doing that. Keep putting Minnesota music on the map, man. Appreciate that. Uh, that's that's really about it, man. Uh, not much today. But before we end the show, man, I just want to take a huge time. I just want to take this time to say happy birthday to my son. Uh, if you know me, you know I got a mini version of me who's the biggest and most important thing in my life. He turns five tomorrow. He and his mother are currently in Atlanta uh, picking up a dog <laughs> that they're adopting. I'm so I'm so happy for you, kid, and, and everything your mom has going for you. It brings me great joy to be a part of your life. I'm honestly the most lucky man on this earth because I get to call you my kid and I get to instill hopefully some good deeds in you. You know, I always tell you do as I say, not as I do, because I'm not perfect, but I want you to be because when I look at you, a lot of times what I see is the best form of me, the cleanest, the purest form of me. However way some of my downfalls come as, however way some of my negative, however way I'm perceived negatively when I look at you. It's the purest form of that. It's the positive form of that. It's the it's the joy. It's the excitement. 
It's the brightness on your face. It's that smile that when I see, I'm like, okay, everything's going to be okay. So, you know, obviously things haven't been perfect this year. It's been a rough year for us as a family and everything that we go through. But seeing you on the other end and the joy that you have and just wanting to continue and keep that joy on your face makes waking up a daily breeze. Uh, You are and remain the best part of me. And I want to see that and continue to watch that. So I pray that you never change. I pray that you continue to be the best form of me. And I'm here for you, man. Whatever you need as a dad, I just want to play my role and play my part. I just want to continue to be here for you more than I ever, ever could think of or more than you ever could think of. But I love you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your mom and everything that she does for you, man. She go out of her way to make sure that joy remains on your face. And for that, Gigi, I can never appreciate you enough. So shout out to the two of you guys. I hope you guys enjoy Atlanta. I hope you enjoy your new dog. And I hope you come home with, you know, with nothing but excitement and joy, man. Happy birthday, kid. Pops love you. And that'll never change. That's it. Appreciate you. That's three episodes down. More to go. Like I said early on, man, I was uh, in a rough stage, but honestly, this has really been my therapy and I feel a lot better after communicating with you guys for about an hour or so. We're going to go ahead and wrap the podcast up and I'm going to try to drop it out as soon as possible, hopefully Sunday Sunday morning or Sunday night so you get this on your Monday commute to work or your Monday, uh, you know, the time at work. So appreciate you guys, man. Not much to say. Look out for the video on IG. Check us out on YouTube. I'm staying away from Facebook now, but hopefully I'll get on there soon and uh, start dropping the podcast or the videos on there. Appreciate you guys, man. Love you. Cheers to Minnesota.